0: Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Mark Ortis. I serve as a Director of Student Ministry here at Ward, and uh, yeah, woo, yeah, Student ministry let 's go. Yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, i 'm so glad all of you decided to join us. Those of you watching online, thank you for joining us as well. And good call, man, because when I walked out my door this morning, my face hurt. it was so cold out, so you probably made the right call. But I want to start off by asking you all to think back to a time where you just remember being in the dark. Whether it was maybe, you know, your older sibling locked you in the closet when you were younger, or maybe it was a time when your power went out and all the lights just turned off suddenly, or maybe it was a time where you were driving maybe up north or somewhere else and there was no street lights, you could see the road because of your headlights, but you couldn't see anything to either side of you, and you weren't really sure about your surroundings. I had an experience like this early on in my ministry. I took a group of teenagers down to uh, Tennessee. We were staying around the Smoky Mountains and we were doing a service project. We actually wound up putting up new siding on this person's house, which of course is a great job to give to a bunch of high school kids, put up siding on a, on a house, it's great. If any of you need that done, let us know. We, we were at a great rate. Um, but we were doing these things and, you know, I knew we were going to Tennessee. I knew we were going to be close to the mountains. And I also knew that the last day of our trip, we had a day off. So I started thinking about, my mind started racing, like, man, we're in the mountains, you know? We could go whitewater rafting. We could go, we could go uh, climbing. We could rappel down the side of a mountain. This is going to be absolutely phenomenal. But then our trip leaders were talking to us about this and they were like, no, you know what you need to do? And I was like, what, what, what? And he goes, caving i'm like caving oh we're gonna take a bunch of kids to look at a bunch of uh, rocks all day like that doesn't sound fun at all but you know i decided all right well he's the pro we'll go ahead and give this a shot so the day came friday we'd all been working hard really looking forward to this and they bring us up to what was basically a hole in the side of a mountain and he was like all right this is where we're going to be heading and i was like that looks kind of small though and then he gave us each a helmet And he said, Put on your helmet. And he goes, I know you may think you look silly, but every time you bump your helmet against a rock, I want you to yell out, I love my helmet. And we were like, okay, whatever, you know. So, man, I'm, I'm not even kidding you. Probably about five minutes in, every 10 to 20 seconds, we heard, I love my helmet, I love my helmet. So we were very thankful for our helmets. But before we went into the cave as well, he started preparing us, saying things like, you may want to use the restroom before we go into the cave because whatever goes into the cave must come out. So, and they were like, we brought some Ziploc baggies just in case. And I was like, hold on, what, what are we going to do with those? Zip-? Because whatever goes into the cave has to come out. so i was okay so we start going into this cave and i gotta tell you man it was absolutely unreal it was a great experience just the feeling the thrill of having a mountain on top of you going through this caves and it was great we got to climb over rock foundations and under some and every once in a while we'd come to a place in the cave where He'd say, now if you want to go the high adventure route, you can go this way, or the safe route is this way. So all 240 pounds of me was like, I'll take the safe way, thank you. And I did not go through the human envelope slot, uh, which, you know, I asked, has anyone ever made it through that was my size? And he goes, yeah, one time a guy who was 250 pounds made it through, and I was like, yeah, no thanks. I don't want to do that. So we were doing this caving, and I highly would recommend it. It was an absolutely phenomenal experience. But after we had been crawling through the cave for a while, we got to this point which would be the deepest part of the cave that we would get to. And we came to this space that it really looked like it was made for a small group. Like it was a circular space and there were rocks and ledges all around the edges for everyone to sit down. So we sat there and we had our flashlights on, which of course our flashlights were the only light in the cave because we were pretty deep at this point. So it was a cool experience. We prayed. We sang some worship songs. It was very cool. And then at one point, our guide tells us all, okay, I'm going to count to three, and then I want you all to turn off your flashlights. And I was like, oh yeah, this is going to get them. You know, these these young people are going to be pretty shocked and afraid. So then he counted to three, and we all turned off our flashlights. And let me tell you all something. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this before, but that was dark. Like the the kind of darkness where I couldn't tell if my eyes were opened or closed. I'm I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. You know, you go into a lot of dark places or when the lights go out and you just wait because you know eventually your eyes are going to adjust to the darkness. But in this moment, that wasn't happening. And, and, And when you get into that kind of darkness, all of a sudden, your mind starts to question a lot of things. Like you start to wonder, okay, I think there was ground beneath where I'm sitting right now. I'm pretty sure it's there. And you start to question things like, I think the the rock I'm leaning against was big enough to hold me, and I think it wasn't a giant cliff I might fall to my death if I lean too far back. Your mind just starts messing with you a little bit, and everything in that moment that I was so sure about my foundation, the ground beneath me, the ceiling above me. All of a sudden, my brain started questioning all those different things. And I can't describe this feeling to you enough. I mean, the only, only word I could use to describe this feeling was I just felt like I was in absolute chaos. Like I really wasn't sure anymore what was real, what was above me, what was below me. It was absolutely surreal. I wonder... Have you ever been in a place like that before? Whether it was physically, maybe it wasn't a cave for you, or someplace where the darkness just seemed like so overpowering that you couldn't even see your own hand in front of your face. And I wonder in that moment, if everything you thought you knew about the space you were in, you began to question. Am I safe here? I think I'm safe here. Or maybe for you, it might have been more of an emotional darkness. Maybe you got yourself in a situation where you thought, man, I think my husband or wife still loves me. I mean, they're still married to me, right? Or maybe I think what I'm teaching my kids is the right thing, and of course they're hearing it, right? I think my friends have my back and would never betray me or talk behind my back, right? No matter what kind of darkness it was, whether a physical or emotional or spiritual darkness, there's a couple things that are generally true about darkness. The first one is this it's hard to see what's really there and what's not. Just like when I was in that cave, I I thought, I, I know there was a seat underneath me, but I started to question it. Darkness also brings a sense of insecurity. Wondering if you're really as safe and secure as you thought you were. And darkness usually means you don't know which way to go or which way not to. Or in other words, you feel lost. We've had a lot of dark times in our world's history. We've had times where chaos abounded. We've had times where people were lost. Times where people had no idea which way to go. But I want to talk about two specific moments in our history of when, when there was darkness that was, seemed like it was overpowering, but then all of a sudden, God brought light. And for the first time to do that, I want to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the very first time God spoke light into our world. So we'll have it up here on the screens, or if you have your Bible, you can pull it out. Genesis 1, verse 1, and it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the earth was consumed in darkness for this moment. And then watch what happens. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light From the darkness. It's interesting about the creation narrative that that we start with light, isn't it? And, And it makes sense to a certain extent because you think if God would have created the animals before he created light, The animals would have had no idea how to survive, where to go, where to find food. Or think about if God would have created man, if he would have created Adam before he created light, Adam would have had the breath of God breathed into his lungs and all of a sudden just woken up in complete darkness. Wouldn't have been good, right? So before God spoke the order and gave order to all of creation, he had to pierce through the darkness with light. There's a second time in scripture where, it, 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 as we'll see, the light had always been there. But in this moment, God decided to reveal the light in a brand new way. And for this one, we'll go to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Familiar passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then verse 3 says, Through him all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light, emphasis added, of all mankind. Here we have a call back to the very first time light was given to this world and all of a sudden we have a glimpse back to it where God says this light has always been there. It's been there from the beginning but God chose this moment to take the light of the world and to give it flesh and bone to take on a physical form. We see light personified through Jesus Christ coming here to earth. God beamed his light into the darkest corners of the earth and every part of the world who had forgotten what the light of God looked like was once again reminded of that light that shines in the darkness and the darkness will never overcome it. See, darkness quite literally is incapable of overcoming light because darkness can't be present. It is simply the absence of light. I remember when I was younger, uh, maybe nine or ten years old even, I, I got this riddle book. And I don't remember anything else about this book, but I remember the very first riddle. Tells the story of a man who had three sons and, and he was getting near the end of his life. So he decided in order to decide who, which one of my sons gets my inheritance, he challenged them with something. So he brought them to this empty room and he says, Whichever one of you can fill this room completely, floor to ceiling, will get my full inheritance when I die. So the first son comes along and he thinks, I got this, you know. He brings a bunch of sand and he just starts shoveling sand into this room. And he thinks, yeah, it's going to be a lot of work, but eventually I'll get this room full. But eventually he tires out and he stops and he gives up and the room isn't quite full all the way. So then the second son comes along and he's like, you know what, I'm going to use feathers. I'm going to fill this entire room with feathers from the floor to the ceiling. But again, he fell just a little bit short. So then it was time for the third son to decide how am I going to fill this entire room, floor to ceiling, to receive my father's inheritance? And you know how he did it? He pulled out a candle, placed it in the middle of the room, and he lit it. All of a sudden, the whole room was filled. Every corner, every inch of this room was covered by the light from this one candle. And as long as that light was present, the darkness would never overcome it. It was incapable of overcoming it. And in the same way, as long as the light that God spoke into existence at the beginning, the light that God revealed once again, sending his son as a vehicle to reveal that light, that light will never, darkness will never Overcome it. That light has already won the victory. So with all that as a backdrop, Jesus comes along and boldly claims this I am statement in John chapter 8, verse 12, when he says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but we will have the light of life. When Jesus came here to earth, he came as the light that will never be overcome by darkness. He, he shone his light full of grace and truth and, and shined through the darkness to reveal to us what true hope really was, what true love really was. He opened our eyes to what true peace and grace really look like. As so I was preparing for this message, I was, I was reading through a couple of books and commentaries I have in my office, and I came across this one passage I want to share with you all this morning. This is from Alexander McLaren in his exposition of the book of John, and he wrote this, Both the prominence given to his own personality and the tremendous claims he advances for himself are hard to reconcile with any conception of his nature and work except one that there we see God manifest in flesh. Talking about Jesus, right? Then he continues, these words assert that the speaker is the source for all. They assert that following him, whether in belief or deed, is the sure deliverance from all darkness, either of error or of sin, and implants in every follower a light which is life. Jesus came along and revealed to us God's light in a brand new way. It wasn't a new light. It was a light that had been there from the very beginning. Before God spoke anything else into all creation, he spoke light. And in this moment when Jesus comes, he reveals his light in a new and fresh way. And among other reasons, I want to share with you too this morning that I believe as to why God decided to reveal his light to Jesus. Or through Jesus and the first one is this Jesus came to shine his light in us in us hundreds of years before Jesus would be born the prophet Isaiah wrote about his coming and what that would look like and in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 he said those walking in darkness have seen a great light it's kind of like my caving moment right When we were in complete darkness, man, it was, I lost all sense of my surroundings. My mind wondered if I truly was safe in this moment, if there truly was the solid ground beneath me and above me and behind me. I was lost. But once that first light came on, once our guide turned his flashlight back on, all of a sudden a peace fell over me. All of a sudden, I saw the ground, I saw the walls, and all of a sudden, I knew everything was OK, because I knew that foundation was there. Those walking in darkness. think about those walking in darkness. And you can see a lot of parallels between me and them, me in the cave and them. They have no idea what their true foundation really looks like, right? They try to make their job their foundation because surely if you can get a secure job that'll last forever, then you'll have stability, you'll have safety. But as we've all seen in the past couple years, especially, no job is really all that secure as we think it is. Some people try to put their foundation or their trust in their money or their wealth thinking if they can just get enough money, if they can just get enough stability, they'll be okay. Or some people try to make it their health. But at the end of the day, none of these things are guaranteed all of these things are quite literally shots in the dark but those walking in darkness have seen a great light and with that light comes the assurance that if we follow that light god will make our paths straight With that light comes an illuminated view of a love that overpowers all hate. And with that light comes the promise that death has no victory. Darkness has no victory. Sin is defeated and we can now be sure of it because of his light. And on that day, when you lose your job or when the job falls away that you thought you'd have forever, you can still have confidence and you can still have hope because our hope remains in the light of the world that will never be overcome by darkness. When money is tight and we're not as sure as we thought we were about where it was coming from, we can have joy because our joy is in the hope of the world, the light of the world that will never be overcome by darkness. When we lose family members, we can have peace in the midst of tragedy because our hope, the light that we trust in, will never be overcome by darkness. And notice, Jesus came to shine his light in us, not on us. See, what happens with people sometimes is they embrace Christianity, they embrace Jesus, but then they try to use their faith as a platform to prove others wrong or to prove how right they are. We get this arrogance about our faith, but if you look at how Jesus lived his life, he lived day in and day out to bring light to others, not a spotlight unto himself, and that did happen, where it did happen where people wanted to follow Jesus and hear his teachings and hear what he was doing next, but it wasn't because of, of he proved people wrong or proved how right he was. It was because Jesus was the light. And people walking in darkness when they see the light, they see it as not something to run from, but something to run towards, for stability, for hope, for peace. And he gives us that same light. And he calls us to do the same. So Jesus shines his light in us, but also Jesus came to shine his light through us. Think of it this way. This big candle in the middle here is Jesus, right? The light of the world that fills every corner of this earth and the darkness will never overcome it. Well, every time someone makes a decision to put their trust and their hope in Jesus, we receive that same light. Remember, those walking in darkness have seen a great light. And with every candle that's lit, every time someone commits their life to Jesus, a little bit more darkness is overcome with light. Little by little, we start to see the darkness in this world being overcome by the light of Jesus Christ. Remember, our verse says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And once we carry that light of Jesus, We shine his light to others. His light continues to grow and grow and the light of Jesus Christ shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot and will not ever overcome it. So when tragedy strikes and it seems like hope is lost, light remains. When things like a global pandemic hit, those walking in the light can confidently shine the light of Jesus Christ into a hopeless situation. And friends, every time someone embraces the light of Jesus Christ for the first time, a little more darkness is canceled out by light. Now there may be some of you here today thinking, man, I thought Christianity was motivated by proving others wrong. I've never embraced Jesus because I thought it meant telling others what not to do. But the light of Jesus Christ, again, is never something to run from. It's something to run to for hope, for purpose, for a firm foundation that will never be shaken. And friends, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and allowed him to ignite something inside of you, then maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day that you decide, you know what, I'm going to give my life over to Jesus Christ because I want to be an agent of light in this world because, friends, this world could use more light. Allow Jesus Christ to shine his light in you and through you because once you do, you'll become an agent of his light in this world. Now, church, I want you to imagine with me If this was true I believe it is and I'm guessing a lot of you do too but I want us to imagine together if this kind of light was really possible the kind of light that couldn't be overcome by the deeds of evil tyrants the kind of light that cannot be overcome by natural disasters or cancer or disease or hatred or fear or anger when God created this world from the very beginning He spoke that light into existence. In the midst of a dark and formless world, God with a word shined his light. That light shines in us, and God desires that light to shine through us. So, friends, let's go out, and rather than trying to fight darkness with darkness, let's start overcoming the darkness with the light of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you that from the very beginning you spoke your light into existence. God, I thank you that the light that you gave to us, that you shone in us and you shine through us, God, I thank you that light can never be overcome by darkness. So no matter what this world throws against us, no matter what the evil one throws against us, we can walk confidently because we are walking in light. God, I pray for everybody here this morning that we go out from this place and shine your light into this world. And God, I pray for those who haven't made a decision to follow you yet, that they walk away challenged today. Challenged to drive out more darkness in this world by by accepting and carrying your light with them. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Would you all please stand with me for the benediction? We're going to do something a little different today. And I don't know how this is going to work, but we're going to try it. For our benediction today, we're all going to sing. Y'all know the song, This Little Light of Mine. This Little Light of Mine. Can we all sing that together as our benediction today? But first, you know, you got to put your finger up because that's your little light. All right? Come on. All right, here we go. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. God be with you. Go out and shine your lights this week. Have a great week.